You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 155 of Besiktas International's The Black Eagles Podcast. I'm your host, Sinan Sporting, live from New York City, as usual. Um, But this time, not so usual, perhaps. I'm alone, rolling solo. Um, Almost had Kartal back. Uh, but I'm a little, running things a little late here. Had a Knicks game. Um, almost had Khan back. Uh, and you can look forward to that happening eventually, I think. Hopefully we'll try to link up again. Um, while Evron is out chasing his dream. But um, in the end, it's just your boy. Just Sinan. Um, coming at you after a huge Super League match, of course. Um, and uh, this, this time around, we faced... Genshler Berlin away uh, in Ankara. Uh, they it was a snow day, so to speak. Um, it's fun. It's funny here uh, in New York. We've had a lot of snow of late. Um, a little break now, but it's supposed to come back later this week. So uh, I guess it's it traveled over to Istanbul momentarily, and it'll come back. No, I don't. I don't think that's how weather patterns work. But. Um, yeah, uh, snow all over the world, and uh, especially in this match, apparently. Uh, Ankara was hit hard by a snowstorm um, right about when the match started, and it came down slow initially, and then it really started hitting on heavy, yeah, kind of like early in the second half. Like right, up, right when the second half started, it started he- coming down more heavily, and like by the end of the game, you could kind of almost hardly see what was going on at, at points because it was so heavy. So well, that was wild. Yeah, so um, let me preview this match as I always do of late. Um, sort of my new tradition. But uh, let's talk a little bit about our opposition and how they fared going into this match. Um, Gensler Berle is a side that has struggled, to be 100% honest. They're at the bottom of the table. They've been stuck at the bottom of the table for some time. Genshler Berli, tough, tough one to pronounce, um, especially for those of us who are not uh, speakers of our native speakers, anyhow. Um, but yeah, Genshler is on the bottom of the table, um, and they've been at the bottom of the table for some time. They'd kind of just, they, they, they were really at the bottom for a long time, and but they'd had a game in hand, and they got it back, uh, and, they, and it was actually a good result for them, so they, they were sitting sort of at the top of the relegation group, if you will. Um, but so yeah, uh, they their results have not been good all year, if we're gonna be honest. But um, let's talk a little bit about exactly how that was the case uh, coming into this match especially. So last, w- no, last match, last week, 
they drew against Konyaspor, a side that we uh, kind of notoriously struggled with a couple weeks in a row, but uh, beat at the same time. Uh, they lost to Antalyaspor 1-0, naturally. We've talked about how that's a regular occurrence in the Super League these days. They lost to Trabzonspor uh, 1-2, so, you know, at home. Um, and, and they lost to Guztepe 4-0, so going back quite a ways. They haven't had any good results here. They lost to Fatih Karagumruk 1-3 at home. Lost to Galatasaray 6-0. Uh, and so their last victory was against Hatay Spor, who were a man down uh, on January 6th. They won 3-1. to one. It was at home. It was in Ankara. So uh, that's of note, perhaps. You know, obviously, we were visiting them this, this week. Um, but so a side like this, obviously, you want to beat. But on the other hand, <laughs> uh, of course, they have a lot to play for, too. They don't want to relegate. Uh, they've gotten this draw against Konya Spor. Um, which brought them uh, like slightly above the uh, their opposition for relegation. Um, not not above at all. Actually, they're in the, the third from bottom slot. Um, so hardly in a good position. But you know that draw at least sort of brought them back into relevance. They were at 19 points for a long time and and uh, not looking good. But so yeah, up to 20. Uh, they, they obviously would have wanted to grab some surprise points against us. They have everything to play for. Um, but, of course, in our case, we have everything to play for as well. Um, and I guess I'll, I'll mention, since these matches occurred prior to our match, um, our opponents, um, I'll start with Trabzon, who won on Saturday, 1-0 uh, against Gaziantep. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, also on Saturday, Fenner beat Fatih Karagumruk uh, one to two on the road, obviously in Istanbul, as uh, you Super League followers will know. Um, Galatasaray beat Kasim Pasha two to one on Sunday. Um, so all of our rivals picked up three points. So it was very important that that Besiktas got this victory. Uh, and let's yeah, let's talk about it. I suppose um, let's talk about lineups first of all. Uh, of course, Erson was our goalkeeper on the back line. There would have to be some changes. Montero um, was injured fairly seriously. We mentioned this last week. He'll be out for who knows, anywhere between three to six weeks or something like that. Domagoj Vida, of course, was suspended. So. Uh, of course, Wellington would be in there, but alongside him would be Nejib Uysal. Um, you know, not ideal, of course. That's our fourth central defender, theoretically, uh, in the pecking order, but whatever. Uh, we all know Nejib can put in a good 90 minutes. Um, you always worry about the cards and all that, but at the same time, uh, it, you could certainly do worse for a fourth central defender. Uh, on the right side of our defense was Valentin Rosier, and on the left side of our defense was, uh, and again, we would have to get fairly creative, obviously, Ridvan Yilmaz was out with um, uh, the big injury, and, and Sakala, of course, got a card um, and would be suspended, so we had to be real creative, and it would be Dorokan Tokus who would play uh, as our left back. 
uh, which, yeah, certainly interesting. Um, <clears throat> obviously, that backline has never played together as a unit before, um, nor should they ever uh, do it, do that. But at the same time, um, this is the side uh, to 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 be to have to do this against in the way of Gensler, who, as I mentioned, has uh, has really struggled. Uh, our midfield, uh, we'll talk about Joseph on the back of our, you know, central midfield. Uh, Atiba and then Adem Liayic again getting a start in the center of our midfield. Rashid Gezal would start on the right side of the midfield and Kyle Laren on the left with Vincent Aboubakar uh, up front. I will mention sort of briefly that on the bench would feature, of course, Jenk Tosun. Um, but also uh, Aydin Hasic and Bilal Ceylan for anyone who was curious. Um, he did not venture, uh, feature rather um, on the bench or, or obviously in the starting 11 during the cup match. So, uh, you know, interesting to see him out there as an option. Um, he would not enter the match, spoiler alert. But so yeah, that was the lineup. In some ways, not so surprising given that we didn't have a lot of options um, on the back of our uh, defense there obviously especially but on the other hand uh, quite a change up uh, as far as our lineup goes again especially because of that uh, defense there so yeah let's talk let's talk football let's talk some Besiktas football so the match would get going and immediately it would, it would be very obvious again we were in Ankara the Ankara Eryaman Stadium um, but yeah, 8 a.m. kickoff here in here in New York City. So certainly not an ideal time to be starting the day. Um, at least you know in front of the TV. But uh, immediately Besiktas would get going, and it would look like they were ready to take this one seriously. They knew they needed these these three points here in that they needed to get, especially against this kind of opposition, I think they also recognized they needed to keep the pressure off of their defense and, and keep the pressure on uh, concurrently against theirs. Um, and yeah, right off the bat, it would be um, Adem Liayic poking the ball out to Valentin Rosier, who would um, find Rashid Ghezal kind of towards the side of the pitch uh, obviously he's a winger uh, but he would move in towards the center of the pitch take a strike from distance and I mean real distance outside of the box a uh, ways uh, and it was sort of almost quadrasmatic as far as the uh, the distance and the curl and everything and just lovely effort bang into the goal fourth minute and that's it Besiktas is ahead uh, and who saw that coming? Um, obviously, we would expect to do well here. We'd hope to do well. But none of us would expect uh, that kind of start, I suppose. Especially since that was also Rashid Ghazal's, I should mention. That was Rashid Ghazal's very first goal of the season. <coughs> so that's certainly of note. Um, Valentin Rosier also getting an assist is important because that his weakness was supposed to be his ability to distribute the ball, to cross, and so for him to have contributed so much to the attack will certainly be uh, good news. Um, not quite what any of us expected. 
But anyway, uh, let's keep this show moving. Uh, in the 11th minute, Dorokan would find Kyle Lern, who would tap it to Atiba, who'd make a nice little run to Adem Lijic, who would take a shot from deep uh, in the center of the midfield about the same distance as Gazal's shot, so perhaps he was inspired, but unfortunately the shot would go straight to their keeper um, from, again, from quite a bit of distance. Uh, but still, kind of a nice build-up, certainly, and you like to see all those guys getting it, uh, you know, little touches and um, being forceful in attack, certainly. In the 19th minute, a corner, <coughs> Gazal would find Joseph, who'd headed on Reminiscent of the, like, Gokhan Gonol era. But, yeah, Joseph would head it down well uh, to Wellington, who would dive in but head it wide, unfortunately. And now we're starting to see a theme develop here where we're clearly attacking well, playing very good, fluent, attacking football again. Um, and just, uh, you know, not quite getting that final touch off. We've seen this happen quite a bit this season. I, I think we can all agree. Um... 20th minute, again, Gazal, he's uh, sort of central in this case, not so wide out onto the wing that he's supposed to be playing in, but he uh, still gets a nice touch in, lofts it perfectly for Abubakar, who, kind of a nice little one-touch, thinks, I think he thinks he's rounded the keeper with the shot, and credit to the keeper, it's a, it's a fantastic save. And um, I guess I should probably give a shout out to this keeper, Nordfeldt. Um, Christopher Nordfeldt, Swede, 31 year old Swede. Had a, a hell of a game to that point. Uh, except for obviously the goal he gave up to Gazelle, but I think something of a wonder strike, we could all agree. Um, in the 26th minute. It would be Adam Lijic with a slick little maneuver. Uh, a fast cross, perhaps a little too fast, a little too hard. Uh, onto a booze head. Bubakar would head it just wide. Um, he did fairly well to get onto it. Again, it was a bit of a snappy cross, but um, still, almost a goal. Uh, the 28th minute, Aite would get himself a yellow card. Pretty blatant one, I thought. He complained quite a bit, though, nonetheless. Uh, on the 30th minute, yeah, the 30th minute was uh, very scary. We've all seen before Besiktas be uh, very scary and aggressive in the attack, but not quite as uh, effective in the final touch as you'd hope, and then give up a goal on the back end that was undeserved. And this looked like it might be it. Kandeash looked around the keeper on a one-on-one -on -one after a pretty surprising counterattack buildup. Kandeash, however, would be rebuffed by a tough Ersin Destanova who dove in well, uh, anticipated the attack, positioned himself well to cut off the angle, and just suffocated it, um, making the save. It would trickle out to Kandeash again for a cross, uh, but it would trickle out from there. I think um, Ersin would catch it. And again, remember, it's uh, there's light snow at this point, so. Things are slippery. Not quite as bad as it would get, but um, yeah, still. Just very impressive stuff from Arison here. Um, yeah, I mean, just at this point, 
you'd love to see that goal snuffed out because it could have gone much worse. And we've seen it go poorly for us in those scenarios before, certainly. Um, 36th minute, another yellow card for Furman. The Polish midfielder. Um, but so, yeah, yellow cards abound for them. They're playing rough, as we've seen plenty of times, trying to t knock us out of our fluent attacking style of, of football. But uh, in this case, we are escaping here, it looks like, uh, you know, with just the one goal, even though we should definitely have had more. Uh, on the 43rd minute, Abubakar starts a, a counter-attack really well, distributing it out wide to Ghazal, uh, who runs upfield with it, dumps it off to Adem Ljajic, <coughs> who has the opportunity here to lay it off again to Rashid Ghazal, who's moving forward and onside. And he, I think, would be clearly um, on goal if he passes it. Instead, he takes a shot from distance. It's bad. Skies it. Bummer. Um, Adem Ljajic, as you, you know, could have gathered from from my recollection of you know uh, highlights here. Um, you know, uh, up and down performance. Sort of moments of near brilliance, and then obviously moments like this where. He's forcing the issue a bit too much. Again, I think Gazal inspired perhaps by that goal that was shocker. Shocking, I think none of us really saw it coming. But anyway, we go into the halftime there. Up 1-0, or nil to one, since we're on the road. And I think uh, feeling good about this, like we're dominating this match, but at the same time also feeling like it could turn on any moment, just as it almost did on the Kandeash chance. And if, uh, if we don't score a goal, it could, things could be bad. <laughs> we got to get that second goal for sure. But no subs. Uh, no subs for either side. And so um, the first chance actually would be right at the start of the second half. Just like at the start of the first half. This time it would be Adem Ljajic going straight to Rashid Gizal. Who would... Whew, I mean, first of all, lovely ball from Adem Ljajic to Gazal in space and he makes a nice move into the box. His shot misses, but there's a bit of a tackle and it could be late, you know, after the, the, the missed shot and so they're kind of, you know, letting it go. But it was a little rough, so I don't know. I, I, it would have been a, a rough penalty shot, I think, but still, uh, certain. I'm sure a lot of people were, were wondering if there may have been a call there or not. Um, I guess it was too late, the tackle, uh, for them to really call it. It would have been harsh, I think. Uh, 50th minute, we would see a corner from Gazal, which would trickle. I, uh, so, I count Wellington with the first chance. With his head, he'd dive at it and miss. Nejip sort of watches it go by his foot. That He, he, he probably has the clearest chance to just tap it in. Uh, Abubakar is ahead of it, sort of... Um, I think he doesn't quite know what to do with it. And then Laren is the... Excuse me. Uh, Kyle Laren is the last guy who has a chance to probably just poke it in, but just doesn't anticipate it. It was slow to respond. And so a real prime opportunity to get that second goal. Um, at this point, the snow is really coming down, and you feel like this could either be good, in that it sort of kills the match out, and, and Gensler doesn't really have a chance to score, or bad in that same sense, in that it really kills the match out, and you can't, we can't 
take further control of the match as such. Uh, but they, on the other hand, could sort of squeak a goal in by mistake or something and then get the unfair result. So fears, perhaps, on the other hand, you know, you're feeling still pretty good. Besiktas is really playing fairly well, although it's slowed down. The chances, all the, the, uh, the heavy onslaught of chances from the first half has cooled. Um, as I mentioned, not much happening there beyond the 50th minute, and uh, it remains as such. The snow just getting heavier and heavier until the 74th minute. Um, before which, by the way, I should mention substitutions. Uh, Nkuru would enter the match for Gazal in the 62nd minute. Gazal was injured um, I, on that sort of near penalty or whatever that was in the 50th minute that I mentioned. Or sorry, 46th minute. Um, he holds his heel and then comes out uh, looking to, to sort of clutch that same heel. He says it was a minor injury at the end of the match. And we have nothing to worry about. Hopefully that is the case. But anyway, Nkudu comes in for him in the 62nd. Abubakar leaves the match for Cenk Tosun. Uh, Abubakar has let a lot of chances go. Seems lackluster in this match. I mean, I mentioned he started the, the counterattack the, at the end of the first half well. But beyond that, um, sort of wide with a few headers. A little slow to respond. Just kind of out of it. You want him to snap out of it. On the one hand, you want him to score that goal, and that's maybe why you leave him in. But obviously, on the other hand, you've got a, a Jank Tosun who you've just loaned in, um, and you want to, you need goals, and so you feel like maybe he could get it for you. You need a little change of pace. Uh, there's a debate to be had, and I think uh, we had it. Kartal and I had it in our group chat. Um, we'll, we'll let you know who, how that goes by the end of this match. Um, also, in the 64th minute, Bogdan Stanku would enter the match. Uh, a lot of fans of the Super League will recognize him. Uh, he's played for Galatasaray once upon a time. Uh, and he's been all over the place since. Uh, currently, last time he, he, he's, he's hurt us before with this Genslayer side, is, is all I'll say. <clears throat> so... Yeah, he came on the came on in the 64th minute. In the uh, 74th minute, Joseph would pass the ball nicely to Jenk, who would let it ride with a nice little spin move uh, and get a shot off. Uh, well, actually, uh, and it would be his first action. Uh, his first dangerous moment uh, it was saved however uh, unfortunately you could say in the 85th minute Bernard Mensa makes a menacing run nice one uh, lays it off well to Jenk who has a nice touch forward for Nkudu he seems to already know about Nkudu's pace somehow but he sort of yeah you know boots it up into space doesn't boot it he sort of lays it off gently even you could say uh, into space, which Nkuru runs onto, has a nice effort on goal, saved. And so that's two now that we've seen saved by this keeper. And again, so shouts to the Swedish homie over there. Um, 87th minute, when it almost happens again, uh, and Stanku gets a run on, uh, misses out, does not score in the end. Ersin with the save, not as dramatic as the as the first one-on-one -on -one that he saved in the first half, but. You know, effective. 
and Stanku is thwarted in what would have been again just our nightmares come true. Uh, we've dominated, not seen any chances of note for them, really. <clears throat> and then bam, almost grabbed one there in the 87th. Uh, and uh, we'd respond, I think, <clears throat> with the realization that things could have gone real bad there. Um, I missed the substitution, but it's on their side, so I won't even really mention it. But I, would, I, I, I also missed uh, Mensa coming in before I mentioned that highlight of his in the 85th. Uh, Mensa came on for Ljajic in the 78th minute, so that's important. Uh, but so yeah, in the 87th minute, we'd respond to almost going down a goal. Gokan Tore would enter the match for Kyle... Laren, uh, we're always looking for a spark. They'd make us up to Karakash for Ayite, who earlier got himself a yellow card. Uh, but we would also respond with some action right after Gokan Tore came on in the 88th. Dorokan would sort of um, lay the ball up for, I suspect, Gokan Tore, but Gokan Tore runs out ahead of it, outruns it, can't get onto it. Uh, so it's sort of uninvolved in the play as such, but, uh, and I think it's because of the snow, he can't really stop himself, but uh, luckily Jake Tosin, who was onside, runs onto it, um, plays on, sends it on to goal perfectly, and it's a goal, assisted by Dodokan, uh, and it's kind of a classic goal where he's in the left side of the box, kind of uh, uses his body well to kind of move the ball, you know, Cross the keeper into the bottom of the right of the goal. Jank Tosun has broken his duck. He's a, a quickly, for that matter. Uh, and there's a first Besiktas goal, an important one. I think we can all agree. And then, just five minutes later, it would be Valentin Rosier dribbling in. Um, I don't want to forget, I don't want to miss any other action. Uh, Joseph Souza, De Souza, excuse me, got himself a yellow card in the 87th minute right before that goal. Um, won't even just sort of breeze past that. But in the 93rd minute, Valentin Rosier, um, with a clumsy cross that's defended by their defender Arda, who many people thought had a pretty good match, but in this case didn't go so well because Joseph takes the ball off of him fairly easily. And just a superb, sublime back heel to Jank Tosin. And again, almost the same goal. Pivots his body well. Sends it across the box into the bottom right of the goal. Just a lovely poacher's effort. And Jank Tosin has now two goals for Besiktas. And two very important goals for Besiktas, I should certainly mention. Uh, there'd be eight minutes of extra time. That was in the third minute of extra time. So five more. Um, which gave enough time for Dodokan to get himself a yellow card somehow in the eighth minute of extra time, no less. Uh, but so that would be it. The game would end nil to three. Jank getting two late goals to seal the deal. But Rashid Ghazal with the decisive first goal, uh, that would really be all we would need in the end since they would be held scoreless and another clean sheet for Erson and he actually somehow earned this despite them having almost no chances on goal uh, but so that's it for the match the whistles blown and Besiktas victorious huge 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 win and so um, <clears throat> boy I mean where do you begin as far as analysis here I suppose 
Perhaps I'll jump straight into the old stats. Um, I've got some help from, from our buddy Evron, but he had not recorded. He, he just sent in some of his advanced stuff. Uh, but I'll just sort of go over the basics first, and let's start with possession. Besiktas would end the match with 57% to their 43, which doesn't seem like a lot. And I think in the second half, against their really pulled things tighter in that regard, uh, had a much better half. Um, prior to falling apart at the end with Cenk Tosun, obviously, uh, being the sort of dagger there. But, um, yeah, not a particularly dominant performance as far as possession goes, but certainly got the job done. Uh, and I, I've said before, sometimes Besiktas is better off not having the ball as much and playing a little bit on the counter. Uh, in this case, Besiktas had 534 passes completed to, to their 404 at a 79% accuracy rate, which is not spectacular uh, for Besiktas, historically. Uh, they passed at a 70% rate, which is pretty good for our opposition, historically, as far as this season goes. Um, so yeah, you know, tight stuff, and you'd think, statistically. Um, three yellow cards for them to our two. They were called offsides twice to our one, which is interesting. Um, Typically, you want to be called offsides a bit to sort of signal that you had some intent going forward. Although in this case, I think nobody would disagree that we, we did. Because I haven't even talked about the main stat. And, and, and here's another sort of key, key point. Nine corner kicks by Besiktas to their two. Um, but this is the sort of main stat that I think bears the most attention. 20 shots by Besiktas to Genschler's five. They had one on target. And Besiktas had nine, so just not comparable in that regard. And I think we could certainly make the argument that their keeper, Nordfeld, certainly had the, the brunt of the task here. And, you know, it fell apart in the end, obviously, but he, he did fairly well until then, because it's not like that was the only time he was under attack. So, yeah, that's it for the sort of basic stats. Now, let me talk a little bit about Evron's modern stats, um, analytical, whatever whatever they're called. So first of all, I'll mention XG, the old controversial uh, modern analytical tool. But yeah, so Besiktas had a 3.7 expected goal there to, to get to 0.3. And I think that was probably the one-on-one uh, -on -one save by Erson that I mentioned from late in the first half. But so, the XG was with us, certainly. Um, and beyond that, there were some very interesting individual stats that everyone brought my attention to. Um, first of all, he was most impressed by none other than Joseph de Souza, who's obviously, his assist at the end was fantastic. He created four chances. Uh, 62 of 75 passes at an 83% rate. Seven out of nine duels won. Seven interceptions. Uh, in the words of Evron, these are monster numbers. <laughs> End quote. <clears throat> and I, I'm inclined to agree. I think Joseph was fairly monstrous. And I thought the assist, the beautiful backheel at the end of the match, really kind of uh, put a ribbon on what was just an absolutely fantastic match for him. Perhaps man of the match? Uh, he's certainly in the running. Um... Dorukan also had great stats, and so remember, he played out of position as a left back. 
So this might be surprising to some, but uh, he had the assist, of course, but 32 of 44 passes completed at a 73% rate. Um, so, you know, again, as a defender, that's not bad, perhaps. Some crossing there as well. Uh, and he's on the wrong side of the pitch for himself. You know, he's, on, on, he's not normally on the left side. Um, he won five of eight duels. Uh, was completed both of his dribbles up, uh, up field. Uh, and, and, yeah, five interceptions as well on the defensive side. So, great numbers for him. Rosier an assist as well. 38 of 49 passes completed. So, a little better than Dorukan, although he's in his natural position there. 78% rate. Um... It's a lot of crossing too, though, so that's not bad. Four out of six duels won, two interceptions, so a little bit less in that end of the of the game, perhaps, but less was asked of him because they didn't score, so it's not like he uh, he gave up anything on his side. So all around, you know, um, pretty solid from the defense, and I'll, I'll go into some other defensive numbers here. Wellington, um, 33 of 51 passes completed, 65%. Not fantastic, but um, seven of eight duels won. That's important. Five clearances, three tackles. Um, you know, two completed two of thirteen long balls, which isn't ideal, but sometimes you just need the one or two to really break it up, open a defense. So he tried them. Um, Nejip, forty-two of forty-seven passes at an eighty-nine percent rate, connected on five of nine long balls. Won eight of nine duels and four tackles, the most in the side. Again, you'd expect that from a central defender, but maybe not from Najib. Um, no clearances, but that's, again, that's solid since that means he's passing the ball well. And again, with that pass accuracy, I mean, I don't know, man. I do not know. I, I gave Najib man of the match last week, and he's also in the running. Uh, I still would perhaps sort of err towards Joseph because um, he's more sort of pivotal positionally and had the assist. Um, but then you also have, of course, a guy like Rashid Ghazal who had, excuse me, who created three chances, uh, completed 46 of 57 passes, which is pretty good considering a lot of those are crosses, 81%, um, 81% success rate there. Uh, won three of seven duels, which, you know, not great, but it's good to see him, first of all, engaging in duels as a winger, you know, and he's going back and defending, and, and he won a few of them. Uh, another good stat, perhaps, Adem Ljajic, five key passes. So a lot of wasted chances provided by him. 47 of 55 passes completed, meaning an 85% rate. That might be top of the team. At least that is... Uh, the best of anyone we've mentioned so far. Oh no, I guess Nejip actually had the better right there. Um, he had the most key passes though, and he won three of six duels, which is interesting. So, uh, not any kind of a lightweight up front somehow that you'd expect. But then of course, and here's the wild card, because he didn't really get a ton of playing time, but Jank Tosin, two goals on three shots. Um, all of those were on target, right? That one was saved. Uh, he had a key pass on the Nkudu shot that was saved. Six of seven passes completed, 86% rate. So a little better than uh, our boy Adam Liayat there too. Three out of three long balls completed. Uh, 0 for 3 as far as duels won. Two of them were headers. Um, but, 
Yeah, I mean, who do you give man of the match to? It's it's tough. It's really tough. Um, Joseph and Nedjip kind of are almost equal, actually, except, uh, you know, Joseph has the superficially better game with the, with the assist and uh, he's sort of just being more omnipresent. But you kind of... I, I'm giving it to Jenk Tosin. Sorry, folks. You know, Joseph might have the most on the season so far. Um, Nedjip just got one in our last match. Uh, and Jenk Tosin, just that, that contribution was fantastic. It, it gave us a lot of spark. It uh, it really sort of propelled us. You know, things could have turned. We, we saw they almost did right before Jenk's first goal. Um, I could talk more about the first goal because there's, there's talk about how Gogan Tode was offside and it should have been called off because, I mean, at the end of the day, the rules go. And Khan did a pretty good job of... of uh, Pulling up the rules, and yeah, they're in our favorite. You know, Gokan Tore being offside didn't really impact the play. Jenk should, could have been defended, should have been defended regardless. Wasn't, and that's why we got the goal. Um, so, sucks to be a hater, you know, but that's just life, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going with Jenk Tosin just because uh, I think... Him scoring those two goals is not just the lift as far as us winning the game. You know, it wasn't even decisive in that regard, perhaps. But uh, it was a lift going forward because now we know for sure that even if Abu doesn't get out of this rut, we've got a guy who can you know get the job done. Um, but I, I think we all expect Abu Bakar to get out of this rut, and so even still, until then, we have Jenk. And uh, when Abu Bakar is hot again. We're gonna have some prolific opportunities to uh, to run up the score here, and again, like winning three nil here was good. We're in we're in a three way race for first place. Uh, you know why why not? I'll just uh, I'll talk a little bit about the standings um, since they're obviously you know the, the the important thing that is yet to be discussed here. Um, winning three nothing is important because we're in this really competitive race with Galatasaray and Fener for first place now and superficially Galatasaray is in first because of goal differential uh, after this week they uh, have three more you know plus three more goal differential than we do at 30 we have 27 Fener has 21 uh, we've still scored the most goals four more than Galatasaray but their defense has been better um, you know early on we struggled we've, we've been a lot better um you know, since, but, you know, we had some early struggles defensively that hurt us in this goal differential regard. That said, we've beaten our rivals head-to-head, uh, -head, and that's what would be important if it ended in this sort of scenario where we're all tied on points, which, you know, is unlikely. But, uh, but so yeah, let's talk about what what those numbers are. Galatasaray, Bashtash, and Fenerbahce all have 51 points. Trabzonspor has 45 points. Six points back. Uh, Alanya 42, so they're still theoretically in the running, although you don't expect them to really make much of it. But yeah, nine points back. Let's call them in the running. Um, beyond them, there's Hatay with 39 points, Gaziantep 38, Fatih Karagumruk 37, and it really drops off there with Antalya at 32. In the relegation zone, and I, I forgot earlier, but yeah, there's four sides getting relegated this side with this season with. Uh, 21 teams in the Super League. 
And so what that means is that at the very bottom is Denizlispor, above them Ankaragücü, right above them in 19th Gençlerbirliği, and then in 18th Istanbul Başakşehir, and that's a shock to everyone probably. Um, yeah, they're they're in there with 24 points. And what's interesting too is that Gençler and Ankaragücü still have a game in hand, and I've only played 23 matches. Uh, whereas Bashakshi here has played 24 and Denizli too. Um, so Gensler could theoretically just be a point behind Bashakshi here. You know, Bashakshi could get like uh, deep into the relegation zone and with a few more bad results. So they do not want to see that. You would imagine. Uh, it's, it's interesting. They've just they've put so much money into their squad this year, and that's when things go awry. Um, but anyway. I think that about covers it here. Uh, that's it for the standings. We've gone through the stats. I've given you my man of the match. Exciting stuff to look forward to, obviously, except not for a minute. Besiktas has a bye week coming up. Uh, you, you know, it happened in the first half of the season as well. We had the early bye week, and so we had that kind of uh, game in hand for much of the first half of the season. That's going to be the case again, I guess. Um, our next match is on Friday, February. 26th, <clears throat> 10 days from now, um, 11 a.m. against Denizlispor, who I've already mentioned are dead last. So it's a good side to come back into uh, if we're a little rusty. Hopefully we won't. We'll get some good training in and come out ready, raring to go, ready to put some goals in the back of the net. Um, you know, further catch up to our rivals there. But Nonetheless, we're, you know, we'll be watching our rivals this coming week, hoping that they'll drop points, obviously, um, and we'll take some time off. I don't, I don't know if I'll be off this coming week as far as the podcast goes, if I can think of something to talk about. Uh, perhaps I'll have a guest on or something to that, to that extent, but stay tuned for, for more. Um, we're going to definitely do the drawing for the, the raffle for um, the uh, match-worn Atiba kit. Um, you know, and obviously the donations will be going to Besiktas, uh, the Kartal Yuvasa, hashtag Birakmamseni, and to the Besiktas JK of Berlin Academy of Accra, um, our, our sort of friends down in Ghana who were getting kits for, um, the, the kits were buying at the Kartal Yuvasa. But so yeah, donate your money, uh, last chance, we, we, we've posted our video on Instagram TV if you want to see what we look like. That's on Twitter and Instagram TV. The full thing's on Instagram TV. It gets cut off on Twitter. Uh, but anyway, that's it. Follow us on Twitter at Eagles underscore podcast. Follow myself at Sir underscore writes underscore a lot. Uh, you, know the, you know the deal. Follow us on Instagram, Black Eagles podcast, one word. Um, we will be back soon, uh, perhaps with a guest co-host or something like that. But anyway, I do, of course, have to mention... Go Bessie Peace out, everyone.
Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.